Frequency.fm presents The Amped Interview. Hey all, welcome to another Amped Interview. This is actually our sixth. And those of you who've listened to our Amped Interviews leading up to this point know that generally we just jump right into the interview without any uh, extra introduction of the artist like we would do on our normal podcast episodes. Uh, However, I decided to do an intro for this interview because it really started as a quick check-in with our friend Bonnie Gray, but it became apparent as we started to talk that we could talk all day. In fact, our conversation went an hour and a half, and it only ended because I had to go to a meeting at my day job. Otherwise, I suspect the two of us would still be talking now. So our amped interviews are normally, oh, eight or ten minutes. This one was 90 minutes. So we're actually going to break this into two parts. This one's about 20, 25 minutes long. Love the conversation. Bonnie is absolutely a kindred spirit with us here at Frequency, and we're really excited to share about her journey, about her book, Finding Spiritual White Space, and uh, boy, we just talk about so many things that impact artists. I really encourage you, listen all the way through, and then next week we'll get part two out. Anyway, you're going to love this conversation with Bonnie, and uh, we'll catch you on the other side. Hi, guys. This is Joe Brookhouse, and welcome to the Frequency Interview. Our guest today is somebody that we've actually engaged with in the past. Uh, we uh, reviewed her book, Finding Spiritual White Space, and then we did a, a written interview uh, last summer. Finding Spiritual White Space is actually one of our favorite books from 2014. Now, I keep talking, but we've got writer Bonnie Gray here on the interview with us. Welcome, Bonnie. We're so happy to have you. Joe, it's just a great opportunity to meet you live. We've been talking over the written word, <laughs> over our written interview, but I, I'm just so excited to be over here on the West Coast with you and having this wonderful conversation. I love I love talking to West Coast people. They know when it's 8.30 in the morning that it's 8.30 in the morning and not 11.30 in the morning. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, it's nice to be on West Coast time. Well, we got there's a few new things I know that you've got going on, some endeavors that you've recently announced. I'd love to learn more about those. But then, you know, if you've got time, it'd be great to just kind of go into a little more about your thoughts on art and your heart for artists. So let's go ahead and jump in. The first thing I noticed is you've got uh, a book club that you've just launched. Yeah, you know, since we last talked, when I first um, was able to kind of sit in this uh, chair with Frequency, and we were talking about the book, Finding Spiritual White Space, Awakening Your Soul to Rest, it just released in print. And what's been happening has just been really, it's really touched my heart as I go and have opportunity to speak and um, hear from readers as they respond to the stories. You know, what I really hoped in writing this book is that really this isn't about my story. It's really about each of our stories. And art does that, you know, I I didn't know if people would responding would be responding to the stories in this way, but people are coming out with their own stories. And I thought, how wonderful it would be if, if online, blogos- in the blogosphere and on, on Facebook, you know, people were to share their stories. And I think sometimes in the social media um, realm, there is this, you know, intentional what people might call like image crafting. I think stories just 
break us out of that space. And I've just been so blessed by hearing people share their stories and hearing their voice. And I, I just thought, wow, I would love to be able to, to, to be able to host a space where people can feel comfortable with that. And so we just started that last week and we go at a really soulful pace. And I, I share some uh, journaling prompts. So what people are exploring um, among their own time um, in their spiritual white spaces, they can share online. So that's happening actually on Facebook. So that just, that started last week. I assume if somebody is hearing this right now, for folks who are listening, it's probably going to be two weeks because this will come out next week, but uh, it's not too late to jump into that conversation, correct? Exactly. The way I've formatted is it'll have a hashtag soul rest book club. And this is happening on my Facebook page, which is the Bonnie Gray. And what's interesting, Joe, is, you know, people ask me, well, is this a private Facebook uh, book club? Because I, I don't feel comfortable sharing my stories here uh. online publicly. And I said, you know, it's actually intentional that it's out here um, on the Facebook page because we can share what you can. And it's interesting when you hear somebody's story, you don't even start thinking about it. You, you, naturally, you start hearing your voice and you start responding. And so I, I'm really happy to um, be able to, to see that happening. And it's really refreshing. So anybody can jump in anytime. There's some video uh, vlogs that I've done in sharing. And sometimes you'll just see some devotional uh, images, um, you know, photos that kind of just prompt spiritual white space, which I use as a term. It's really moments of rest. And spiritual white space is taken from the world of art and design. The more white space there is on a canvas, the more the image and the text that the artist wants to convey is going to come out, the colors. And so our life is really a canvas for God. Each of us is God's works of art. And so the more space we can give ourselves to share our stories in whatever form that is for, for each of us, whether it's through music or um, sculpture or poetry or dance, if we can make space for ourselves to be able to enjoy and to develop and to nurture the voice that comes out when we express ourselves through art, then the more people are going to see God. Not just the God, you know, like, that you hear about in sound bites, but like your story, you. You know, and that resonates with me in in a huge way. You know, my life is is busy, and as I'm engaging, you know, in that little niche of time that I've carved out for myself to be creative, I find that because I've compressed it so much that I'm impatient, and I'm not really freely, you know, flexing that creative muscle. It's it's more frantic. I've got to get something done now. I need to produce something now. And there's no time to reflect, to, to rest in that moment, to really relish what's occurring. That book for me and for, uh, uh, for Mark Newton, who is one of our contributors, you know, definitely something that, that makes you stop and go and be really reflective about where you are investing your time and in whom, in what. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, what we all really want is to be known. And I think in Christian circles, it's hard to be able to express that because there's so much of it is focused on the doing and mm. the outward producing. Yeah, um, That's what you often see. But really, what makes life beautiful and what allows us to feel that we're actually living or expressing or exploring who we are 
um, the way God made us is really um, expressing, like you said, taking time. And it, it, it just falls off last place because our culture uh, doesn't value, doesn't value uh, the artists, though, <laughs> the artists in our cultures, we value it. You know, yeah. you see something authentic and real and you're like, yes, I, I feel I feel that that's real. I feel that is true. And so I, I it's it's something that everybody is resonating with. It's what we all want. I don't know if you ever feel this way, Joe, but sometimes I'll get to the end of the day and I'll think, you know what? I did a lot, but I don't really feel like I fully lived today. Oh, yes. Yeah, that happens altogether too much. I think that's part of um, our culture seems to value an inordinate amount, the busyness of an individual. It seems that if you demonstrate that you have balance in your life in terms of of time, family, etc., that somehow you are almost lazy. You're, you're, you know, you have space why do you have space? You're obviously not doing something that you should. Does, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think usually when we ask somebody, oh, what are you doing on the weekends? Uh, what's up for this week? People mm-hmm. are waiting to hear us answer with what projects we're working on, what we're um, working on producing. You think about the moments that are most memorable in life. They, they are not really those memories. They are the memories of where you just enjoyed a beautiful scene, standing on the ocean, or you just had this intimate moment um, on the couch with um, your wife or your girlfriend or boyfriend, and you just you just shared something special about yourself. Or maybe you're with your friends, you're out at the cafe, and you're just having a great time just talking about nothing. And you know, in that space of doing nothing, things that really mean the most to you, the things that are most beautiful, the things that are touching your heart, those are the things that come out. That's what's really special. And I think that's why, you know, when you go on a date, it's like you want that one-on-one time where you're not doing anything. You're just like, I just want to be with someone. And I'm really curious what's going to come out. What kind of conversation is going to be emerging? And uh, when you go with someone one-on-one to a place, whether you're exploring the park, you're looking to enjoy something that's going to be spontaneously happening. And it's a memory that you're experiencing and creating together. And that's really what art is. I think art is being able to be in a space where you're going to experience something that you haven't experienced until that very moment, whether it's an idea or a, you know, a lick of a melody that you yeah. just suddenly caught. I think, I think that's why this Facebook book, online book club is something that was really appealing to me because a lot of the book clubs are run in private Facebook groups or they're very like Bible teaching centric. And um, what, what this book is about is really um, going on a journey with your soul, being open to, to ask questions and to experience things that maybe we're too busy usually to think or try to experience. And, and we're saying through this journey of spiritual wisdom, you know what? I don't want to wait until I'm not busy anymore. I want this to be priority. I'm putting this first actually on my list. And, you know, this gets into one of the key verses is love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And we are so good at focusing on loving God with our minds, studying, analyzing scripture and theological doctrine, understanding, and that that's important. But there's another part of the verse, which is the heart and the soul. And our heart is where the seat of 
our commitment and our devotion to God happens. That's what scripture tells us. And we're also really good at that in terms of Christian culture, just um, being committed and devoted um, to God and making um, decisions to, you know, outwardly, you know, act out and express our devotion. But there is a part of the verse, which is loving God with our soul. And as artists, I mean, that, that is the essence of who we are. And it's our personality. It's the things we love, but it's also things we don't like. And, Really, yeah. art is about that as well, and we 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 just basically put that last place. But really, it's equal. It's equally important. Your soul, expressing your soul, nurturing your soul, feeding your soul with what inspires you, what refreshes you. I think that's that's how you know, like the artists, that our soul just gets crushed if your life is just full of obligations to always learn a lesson produce something, accomplishing something, goal-oriented, schedule-driven, yes. the soul is just shriveling up. And like you said, you know, you get that sense of frustration at the end of the day. It's like, oh my gosh, I, I, need, I need this space. Or, okay, now I need it to happen. You know? It's yeah. Like- you know, that reminds me, before we, we, we started recording, you mentioned uh, our uh, interview with Robbie C. Well, one of the things that really resonated with me in that conversation with Robbie was finding that balance, um, that kind of threefold balance of um, honoring the call that God's given us, creating artistically, and then feeding your family. And that's just such a tenuous place to try to balance. And that's what, uh, as artists, that we're constantly challenged and fighting is how do I find that place? I, I don't know if you took something similar when you listened to that. Yes. Yes. Because as a writer, you know, we, I'm in the publishing industry, just like Robbie is in the music industry. So there is a business aspect of, you know, you're, you know, you're aware in the back of your mind that I'm producing something that needs to be quote unquote consumed and not that we want to create from that place, but that those are the people you work with, right? So they're they're talking about marketing sound bites and they're talking about, oh, what's the takeaway for the audience? And you're listening to that, but the artist part of you is like, oh, I I need to create, I need to be free to know what it is that I'm gonna discover, you know? So that is a tenuous balance. But I love what Robbie said and this was the great part. I love that interview you did with him, by the way. Love what you, you guys do here at Frequency. Thanks. Yes. And um, he said, you need to follow your voice. You need to find your voice. You need to say whatever it is you want to say. And I, I think that's kind of the heart of it. I mean, if you want to talk about, you know, when I talked about that verse, you know, heart, mind, and soul, loving God, I, I think yes. focusing on the soul and your heart and, and valuing, prioritizing, and that balance is always tipping. It's always, you know, kind of like I imagine myself kind of on a scales tipping and you're kind of doing the slide. Right, <laughs> but right. The heart of that middle of that scale where it's balanced is, I believe, as an artist, where you, you, you focus on your soul. You, you, you give yourself permission, like, this is most important. Even if the others give, I, I need to always return back here, the center of it. It reminds me a lot of when you listen to a, a, an actor interview, you, somebody who, um, who chooses commercial movies to make money so that they can do what they really want to do, which is the independent films that, are, that have a more uh, artistic expression and freedom that uh, as artists, sometimes we have to make those decisions. You know, this one commercially 
will help me do what I really want to do next and really express myself to uh, um, to have that catharsis of sharing my story in whatever medium I work in. Yeah, you know, it's interesting when you talk about, I thought about Bradley Cooper and how he just did American Sniper and yes. it's really getting all this, of course, rave reviews for his performance. But right before that, though, he had, um, he had to go back to the theater. He had to go back to live theater um, in order, I think, you know, reading his interviews to really find his voice and to remember to get back into the intensity that he feels, that passion. Um, he did a lot of um, breakout, commercially breakout roles, you know, previously. But, um, you know, he went back to theater to really, you know, that live organic feel. Yes. Um, and then it led him to this opportunity with American Sniper. So it's serendipity, but it's, I think serendipity um, happens as you go back to the heart of who you are. And so the different commercial opportunities will come and align. Um, and, and I talk about serendipity, but you know, really as people of faith, God is going to honor when we get back to the heart of who we are. And it's always a risky place to be because you're creating something that you don't know if people will want or like. Yeah. And that's the intimate part of being in spiritual white space because when you're with God and you are free to create an experience there is no one else in that space you're just right there and so once there's that line where you move it into you know production or or, or um, uh, publishing there is that journey where you don't know how it's going to be responded to yes but God will bring those opportunities in line. And so there, as a Christian, we have an added security and safety that God is in control, even of art. And it seems very anti-intuitive to even say it, but that's where God is a master artist and a master architect. And I talk about that in the book is that we give ourselves permission to step into those spiritual white spaces. If we're able to know that in that moment we do it, God is actually orchestrating all the other points, whether it's publishing, reaching an audience, finding that your message resonates and giving you opportunity. You have, we have that safety. Um, there's a verse that I love. It says that the one who the Lord loves rests between his shoulders. Yeah. Let the beloved rest securely in him in Isaiah. And I think that when we have that visual as we're, we're exploring and creating, giving ourselves permission. We know God is going to be orchestrating that, that um, feeding our family part, providing those opportunities to actually make a living. I engage with it, so many artists, which to me is just, um, it fills my heart to connect with folks and, and, to, and to talk about their stories and to know um, so many of them have the, the same uh, ache inside them to share. And yet, somehow to to find a way i don't like this word because it's so informal but to monetize the result uh, one of the toughest things to impart is that if you are uh, honoring a call that god has um, put on your heart that it doesn't really matter where it goes beyond that because God's role is to orchestrate what happens thereafter. Other people are involved in that. But if you can be present in the moment that you're creating and create it according to that calling, that God has a plan for that. And it may be for two people and it may be for two million, but honor that call. Well, one verse that um, you know really resonated that, that matches what you're saying is, I 
at the beginning when I wrote, first got the book track, uh, book contract, Joe, I, it was going to be, in my mind, a commercially, commercially resonating type of book. It was going to be 10 steps to create rest. Gotcha. You know, who doesn't like to create rest? Here are 10 devotions. Here are, you know, here's a a scripture for where we find Sabbath and here's an anecdote and a story. And here's how now you you can go and practice spiritual white space. And it was going to be nice and neat and um, nothing that was going to be a surprise or unexpected. Um, But I I felt like people would pick this book up because we're all living hectic lives. But um, apparently God had a different journey for me because as I finished the 10th chapter, and it was going great, actually. It was just coming out. And I was just writing it down. I had an outline. I had a verse, a scripture for each, you know, for each outline. I was just going to map and plop it out. And it was going great. But once I hit the 10th chapter, um, my husband had booked me a cabin to finish in the weekends because I have two children, um, really young children, uh, three and six. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I needed that weekend. So yeah. he surprised me. And as I was walking out of the cabin and... I was getting a bite to eat and suddenly I, my legs started feeling heavy as I started walking. And then, then my, my chest started feeling really tight and I started having trouble breathing and, and I was just wondering what's going on. And even as I'm wondering that, then my throat started constricting and I started choking. Wow. Yeah. And I couldn't stop choking. I couldn't get my breath. And then the sky started turning white with light and then it started being oversaturated with light and I thought oh my gosh I'm going to faint what is happening and then I dropped to the ground I didn't know it at the time but I was having my first panic attack yeah never had a panic attack before in my life and here was writing my first book contract childhood dream coming true everything's clicking and happening and I'm having a panic attack it was a few months later down the line because I had to check with the doctors. I thought it was just something physical. Um, but that night when I re- returned back to my room, I thought, oh, gosh, I better finish whatever writing I can. I want to have to go back and go to the doctors. That's kind of the mindset I was in. Yeah. And every two hours, I would wake up like an electric bong had stuck into my side and I'd start choking again, not being mm. able to breathe. And it was like my body was a match. And I was lit on fire. It was so hot. And it turned out that the act of writing, things that I already knew about Joe, it turned my memories into a live event. I started reliving traumatic memories from my childhood. And I wasn't even writing about anything traumatic. I was just, you know, writing some nice, safe little anecdotes to illustrate a biblical principle about scripture. And, um, you know, when I eventually found someone who could tell me what was happening, and I actually have PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. I I have no idea. And um, I said, gosh, I said, I've never been in anything violent, witnessed anything. I just think soldiers have PTSD. And my therapist, he's a world-leading expert, he said, it isn't just physical trauma that causes PTSD, panic attacks. It's emotional trauma. Yes. It has the same effect. And so the memories, I guess, that I've just been okay with, I grew up and fine, um, apparently, they're still alive. They're still there. Never wrote about them. So I, I went on, Joe, to write the memories that were uncovered during this journey as I uncovered them. 
and that became the book. So that's an example where I ended up not writing what I thought would be the commercially acceptable book, and it turned out to be a story instead. And I never imagined, but this book has gone on to really have wings and have feet and go places where I didn't even know that it would go. And I wrote about things that I would never want to have originally wanted to write about. But as they were happening organically, coming up, and I said, this kiss can't be a coincidence that right at this time, I'm going to write this great first commercially acceptable book. Right. <laughs> I have these memories surfacing that I've never had to deal with before. And just for listeners to know, you know, I'm like a double black snowboard, you know, snowboarder. And I've traveled as a missionary. Like I never saw myself as somebody that was fearful or had problems that I thought I had to deal with emotionally, but it's actually being human. So I realized I had to come to grips with that. Like, okay, this, this is a story God wants me to write. And um, one thing that uh, was amazing was when I thought about the scripture, when Jesus told um, Mary, well, after she saw him, when she, he arose from the tomb and he said to her, go, go and tell others what you've seen and what I've told you. Actually, if you look at that passage, Jesus didn't really say very much, right? You think he would give her more evidence right. of his aliveness, right? But he said, just, just go now. And so she could only tell him what she knew. And in fact, people didn't even believe her. And so I just thought, okay, well, I don't know if people are going to want to read this. <laughs> but she's like, yeah. just write what you know. Just write what you're experiencing. And, and I, later after having read, uh, written it, Joe, I realized that that's what we all want. We want to be able to, to experience, whether it's music or you know, painting or photography or music or dance, whatever it is, we want to experience something that's real, something that's on the journey. And we're in the postmodern, postmodern era of our culture right now. When you mention as a consumer of art that we, I think, innately want to connect with that artist's story on a personal level. Now, I don't think that's universal, but I think that for the most part, that's the truth. And I remember watching an interview with Jackson Brown. And for folks who are listening, he's, he's even actually a generation before me, but still remarkable uh, singer-songwriter. And one of the things he mentioned was why he doesn't explain very often the stories behind the songs is he wants people to kind of project you know, their own meaning on it. And he doesn't want to mess that up, which I respected. But at the same time, part of what connects us with an artist is their vulnerability. And so in writing, finding spiritual white space, you didn't just give them, here's the practical list, which is fine. And there's nothing wrong with that. So many of us are practical and we want, hey, if you follow these 10 steps, here's how you're going to get what you, you want. But you f further vest that person in that road to self-improvement with a story that's very vulnerable, deeply personal, that says, okay, this isn't just somebody telling me what to do. This is somebody explaining what they've done, their experience, and how it has resulted in this is the place where I'm at. That's really at the heart, I thought, of even God as an artist. You know, when he wrote the Bible, he didn't just write us a list of things to do. I mean, he really told stories. And the Bible is really a short book if you compare it with a lot of works of literature. And it's like, gosh, you know, Jesus himself, when he was here, you look at the gospels, really about stories. So I think you're right. I think that um, what moves us is 
being able to experience somebody's journey and find that as we're there on that journey, we, we have moments and memories of where our own stories start to arise and we start thinking about our own, um, the stories that are being written in our own lives. So I think it's very powerful, the power of story. Ah, and thus ends part one of our interview with Bonnie. I will be uh, working over the next week to uh, listen and edit to the remaining 40 minutes of our conversation. Uh, I suspect there may be even a wise words or two that come out of uh, that process. But again, I suspect that you uh, got some great stuff out of that. If you haven't done so already, go out onto Amazon or uh, go to the link on our page and uh, check out Finding Spiritual White Space. Uh, we loved it. It was one of our favorite books, again, as I stated in the interview of 2014. Our reviewer, Mark Newton, just loved, loved, loved the book. And uh, gosh, there's a lot there for artists and for just, frankly, people slogging through each day at a time. Uh, make sure you also uh, head over to faithbarista.com and spend some time there with Bonnie. Check out the book club that she mentioned. We've got some more news coming on part two uh, about other endeavors that Bonnie is involved in. So guys, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. God bless. Frequency.fm is a podcast featuring Christian artists, authors, creatives, and experts. For more music reviews, book reviews, and articles, please visit us at Frequency.fm. Frequency.fm.